The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Have you gotten your vaccine yet? No, I actually just got uh, scheduled for it because our uh, nice. our work finally got off nice. its ass and was like, oh, yeah, you guys are essential workers, huh? Okay, we'll let the county know. And I am uh, not an essential worker. Not a not a worker at all, really. So I'm a, I'm in the last group. But you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe by the time this comes out, or maybe by you know April, late April, early Mayish, we'll uh we'll be we'll be getting to it. Yeah, it's uh, you never know. Uh, it might not. This might come out sooner than that. <laughs> but, but I think I think Georgia's last in the country in in vaccines administered right now. So not not so good. We have more pressing concerns like making sure people can't vote. Right. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, just the usual stuff that we do. <laughs> ah, Georgia. I'm sorry, man. No, it's, it's it's okay. Yeah, used to it. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 9 of the Better Band Podcast. An all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. Today we have John over there, Farrar, with me talking about Soldier of Love. How's it going, John? It's going good, Brandon. How are you? Th- thanks again for having me back. These are always so much fun. I always look forward to it. Oh, hey, if, if I didn't like talking to you, I wouldn't have you on. You, you keep saying that. I think that's just your line now. I, th- I think that's lost all meaning now. I think could, Just because <laughs> I have it posted on a post-it note right on the uh, top yeah. of my computer there. Yeah. That's, don't forget yeah, I'm, to I'm, say that. I'm still going for the record. I'm trying to, I'm, I got to try to cram in as many of these as I can to uh to catch up i think it, were, it was between me and uh and one other person i think yeah i think uh i think my my friend kevin yeah and, that's right and the uh, right. last time i talked to him uh you, you're gonna have to listen to the ur episode coming up uh in the riot act he uh he, he throws the gauntlet down so okay we'll, <laughs> we'll see when we'll see when these lost dogs come out i'm gonna have to grab a bunch of those <laughs> Uh, so we're talking about Soldier of Love, which was on the 1998 fan club single, along with Last Kiss. Uh, this was also released on the uh, No Boundaries benefit for Kosovo refugees. Also a CD single, I guess, for that album as well. Yeah, like a benefit CD. Yeah, this is like Last Kiss's little brother. Mm-hmm. Even though this is this is the A side to it. Yeah, but that one got you know I'm sure you. You'll you'll talk about this in that episode. We don't have to steal their thunder, but I mean that one got picked up by radio. Obviously, it kind of hit and kind of became their their biggest charting single. But this one was kind of overlooked, and I actually I think this one's just as good. I, I like Soldier of Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's strange for them to 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 cover the the Donny Osmond comeback single. Yeah. 
it's not not you're what? thinking of no. the wrong one not, not that soldier not Donny Osmond. Oh, okay. no well it's nope. it's it's the nope. uh, it's the Sade song back. then Not oh. Sade. Love, love, no, no disrespect to Sade, but, but this is not, this is not the Sade soldier oh, okay. of love. We, we're going further back than oh, that. Okay, the, the, we're going back to the one written by uh, Buzz Kaysen and uh, Tony Moon. Correct. Correct. Okay. The one, the one that uh, the Beatles also covered in uh, uh, hey, 1962 at the BBC. Yeah, the short-lived doo-wop era of Pearl Jam, if you will. And I think that the the main thing with this that I took away from it is like they could have done this totally tongue-in-cheek and kind of like ironically and kind of like are they making fun of it or are they? But they always have like a reverence for the original material that they cover, and it really shows through, especially in something like this. I think it's it's one of their best qualities is that they really do covers very well. And then this one, I think it's you know it's it's. It kind of had its moment in in ninety eight two thousand. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't pop up very much, you know, in the in the modern era, which we can talk about. But it's uh, it's too bad. It's a it's a fun little catchy song. Yeah. Um. What was it? He found the Arthur Alexander version of that, which I guess is the B side to the Where Have You Been All My Life is the uh, is the A side for that. Would you would you like to hear an Arthur Alexander fun fact? Oh yeah, sure. He's the only songwriter whose songs have been covered on albums by the Beatles, the Stones, and Bob Dylan. Ooh, damn. How about that? So Pearl Jam's in good company here. Yeah, this is also, uh, uh, I guess, the head coats, I guess. Yeah, that, the head coats, the, Billy Childish. Yep. Yeah, he introduced uh, Eddie, I guess, to the song. They're at a swap meet mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. The, 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 the little sort of story about it is on the, uh, on the actual single, if right. you have it. Yeah, the the head coats that like the head coats is is kind of on the verge of being like strange outsider music. It's kind of like garagey, kind of folky, but it's it's definitely out there. Like you know, that's you give you know give them credit for uh, you know Ed, Ed always has the kind of like unique taste, and and the head coats is you know they're never going to be a commercial band, so it's kind of interesting that uh, that he was the one to. To give it to him, yeah. But Billy Child is kind of a legendary kind of garage folk underground music hero. Um, was this and this is from a sound check, right? They didn't actually play this in the actual concert, the the one that's recorded, right? Yeah, yeah right. It, it, I think the first time they played it was what August eighteenth of ninety eight, and he says before they played it that they had just learned it that day, so it might have been that sound check that that made it on the record. Let down your arms 
four legs we've been doing these bridge school shows and like last kiss is such a a moment at the the bridge school shows with maricor and all that stuff like so many great things like last kiss is that's kind of its moment but i, I think i and i like them equally you know if, if you're gonna ask me which song is better i think soldier of love is a better song but i think last kiss probably pearl jam has has done it better they they've kind of made that more their own it's and obviously it's it's stuck around more more live in the in the present day Mm -hmm. this one has that cha-cha-cha at the end though that's 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 what i like about it (laughs) yeah and it's it's interesting too like the all the other versions you you listen to have like of course the beatles had the the great background vocals you know the three-part harmonies and all that and and pearl jam doesn't do that this would be perfect for like a like a stone and jeff or a matt background vocal but uh from what i heard of it never never shows up so it's a shame yeah um i i think that uh when the beatles recorded it as well dave marsh said about it a music critic said uh the the song may have been lost to history if the beatles didn't uh bring it back into the into the four yeah and the and you know 62 i think you mentioned that that's early beatles and of course mm-hmm. they they were doing tons of covers in the early days so yeah that that's that's interesting um so one thing about this is the, the is the concept of uh i think love being a battle i guess and you, you know pat pat benatar said love is a battlefield uh, you can, you can <laughs> exactly yeah exactly that that's a that's a well-worn trope in uh in pop music yeah but the, the, it's it's uh i don't know man against woman you have to use your wiles to trick the other person into falling for you you have to uh it, it's very transactional or it, it's something to be one i guess the you have to prove yourself to the other person or you have to buy your way into it or something and and now it's it's I don't know. I brought brought more into an evolved headspace now with with uh, more consideration given to women and also uh, non traditional or non non heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships and and all that other sort of stuff. Just kind of like you know, this is not fairy tales. This isn't the the way that we have seen it for you know so long we need to kind of change things change our outlooks on uh on the way that we talk about love and the way that we try to pursue love i guess yeah i think there's a there's a way this could be taken as you could say it's it's a there's a little bit of objectification going on but i think that you know the first line is you know lay down your arms and surrender to me i think it's you could even think of metaf- like even literally like you know if you you picture like two people in a fight and one person's got their arms crossed, you know, like I'm, I'm angry, got crossing my arms over my chest, you know, like you could even, it could even have like a double meaning, like just, just lay down your arms and surrender. Like, let's just, let's just talk. So I think there's, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, it's got a little bit of, of sweetness to it as a lot of those kind of fifties kind of 
it's got a little bit of innocence to it, I think, which which is endearing. Yeah, I think uh, too a lot a lot of times it's referred to lay down your arms, you know, in parentheses or whatever, soldier of love or something. Yeah, that the that's the background vocal that come in. Yeah, you know, arms also being the synonym for uh, weapons and stuff. So it Correct. could also be sort of anti war. Possibly, it's like, hey, you know, let's put our weapons down and let's just love each other. If you picture that, picture the 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 iconic photo of like the rose being stuck in the. I think that was Vietnam. Maybe or over the Kent State or something where mm-hmm. the the girl the hippie girl puts the rose in the in the barrel of the gun that that's kind of like makes me think of that yeah the 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 image that comes to my head is the uh is the sci-fi book uh the right to arm bears can't say I'm familiar with that one <laughs> <laughs> yes i I worked at a used book f- bookstore oh, for okay. a while and yeah, we yeah, get yeah. some weird stuff coming in from people bringing stuff in and it's kind of like oh hey we've all heard of the right to bear arms how about the right to arm bears oh bears have guns now hey if it was going to happen i think it would have happened in 2020 i think we've 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 crossed (laughs) that bridge thankfully oh yeah you don't want boo-boo uh sneaking up on you yep exactly (laughs) what else is there that we could uh say about this song yeah i mean uh, we can talk about you know live a little bit they they closed with it a lot, which yeah, is interesting yeah. for for this to like close down a show. I think it's it's kind of a different feel. Like Last Kiss didn't really close shows, maybe just a couple of times. I didn't I didn't look that up, but this is like, you know, as far as closers go, you know, they kinda have the the party, like send you home happy with yellow lead better. They'll do rockin' in the free world or they'll they'll send you off with a bang with like a Bob O'Reilly or a kick out the jams or something, or they'll kind of have a moody like kind of indifference ending and but this is a whole different way to end a show i don't know how i'd feel about ending a a concert like a full night with soldier of love that's kind of a it's a unique unique thing that they they did there Mm -hmm. and i get got got played a few times in 98 got played a lot in 2000 a couple of times at the bridge school which is interesting a little acoustic version they like maybe trying to to tie it in with last kiss there and kind of make it a nice moment but after 2003 it's only been played three times like only once in the last decade yeah. so it's kind of might be one of those that's just kind of like kind of unofficially retired kind of fallen by the wayside you might you might never see it again just too bad because i think it was miami or tampa in 2016 i've got the date is april 9th i want to say that was maybe miami but then they they played it to the back where they were doing like they would come out for the second encore and play the one song to like turn around and play the song to the the fans who were sitting behind this kind of served that purpose for that show but yeah that's the only time it had been played in the last 10 years yeah it looks like uh i've seen it once have you yeah, and uh, at Shoreline on the uh, Halloween show in 2000. Okay. Was it the closer then? Uh, no, the closer with Bob O'Reilly. It was just kind of in okay. the middle of the uh, first encore, it looks like. Yeah. yeah they yeah. dressed up like the village people. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because uh, during, um, I think during, uh, I think during Yellow Led Better, as uh, Mike was playing, they pulled down his pants, and so he was the Indian, and so you just see his butt sticking out from the... Uh, from the chaps or whatever <laughs> uh, i remember that story yeah yeah they uh they played it the night before i saw them for the first time on august 31st 98 but but i've never seen this one and probably never will thinking that uh yeah i don't i don't know that this one's gonna come back it's, it's too bad yeah there's not really much else that i have about this yeah it's kind of a. it just kind of is what it is you know it's like they they just kind of do a faithful cover of it. It's it's you know it's not something that's that's ever uh, not not a lot of variation in it. Like I said, it's just kind of 
it's a cool thing. Ended up then again, it's most known for being the the other side of the last kiss single. So yeah, well that's that, that's what we get when I say that I'm going to cover every song and uh, I got things like this. <laughs> But it's in the yep. book, so yep. I can mark it off my uh, off my list now and, and say I've done it. That's right. But if anybody else has a story they need to tell, hey, you can email yep. me, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't think anybody really. But, uh, but no, like, but literally, like, I, you know, I, it's just something I never really go and seek out. Like, it's, you know, it's, you think of Pearl Jam covers, you probably get to 50 or 100 before you even thought of this one, but. It's a fun little catchy song, man. They do a they do mm-hmm. a great version of it. They always have fun with it. Like definitely go and check it out if you haven't heard it in a while. It'll it'll put you in a good mood. It's a fun little song. Yeah, back back uh when uh rock and roll was uh young and fun and well, it was pretty subversive still. Yeah. I think if you if you weren't really looking into it too hard not to try to yeah, uh, hide your true meanings behind uh your metaphors and stuff so that uh so white teenagers could sneak it past their parents and not be too uh too scared of it okay so i, I think we can uh, we can wrap this up then uh nice nice talking to you catching up with you john absolutely absolutely but yeah it's, it's a fun little song you know there's doesn't have doesn't have the most depth uh, like a lot of Pearl Jam songs do, but you know, it's a cover song. It's fun. It is what it is. Definitely, like like I said, go listen to it if you haven't heard it in a long time. It's it's great. Yeah, uh, we we know what Pearl Jam means to you now, but yeah, let's let's wrap it up by asking you uh, where are you at with Pearl Jam now? You you, you pretty much listen to it for for your 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 podcast, right. which you can also right. uh, plug in stuff. So how how how's that going for you? Yeah, um, co-host of Live on Four Legs. We cover a different Pearl Jam live show every week. We talk about kind of the the moments that make the show special. Go through the set list. Talk about the kind of the the cool little moments of every show, and it's it's a lot of fun digging in that. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Is is you know kind of in the middle of that. We've been we've been doing a lot of stuff for Patreon, which you know Brandon's nice enough to be one of our patrons. Thank you so much. Uh, but like we just digging into that, just digging into this live thing like crazy right now, all kinds of different eras, you know, 2000, uh, 2008, uh, 2013, we, we've done a bunch of 94 lately, which has been fun. 98, obviously a lot of stuff going on there. So just, just enjoying kind of digging into the, to the different eras and like, you know, kind of building up, uh, a knowledge base for this kind of thing. It's, it's been a lot of fun, but like the other day I had to do a, had to do a late night drive and, I just put on yield for like the first time in forever and just, it, it just blew me away. Like I, I was kind of like, I would kind of rank that like kind of fourth or fifth, you know, like mm-hmm. no code and vitality or my, my one and two. And then, you know, your, your verses is right there, you know, but yield really like just, I hadn't heard it like front to back in a long time and just listened to it in the car, you know, on a, on a long drive in at night really, really made it stick out to me. And I'm, I'm going to have to move that album up. So I'm always kind of like, looking for opportunities for stuff like that to kind of go back for something to blow me away, you know, cause it still can. That's, it's the power of this music, man. Do you think that they are more focused on trying to have a good representation, a good album so that they have a definitive version of a song? Or do you think it's kind of like it's a formality because you have to put a record out and the real version of it is what they do live when there's the energy of the audience there and, you know, they're, they're, they're running around and stuff? Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of an ongoing kind of a greater musical discussion because 
you know, you, you go back to those, like, I think it's, it might even be like a, the Mike Watt, like Minutemen documentary talks about, like the record is just a flyer for the gig. Mm -hmm. And like you, that's just a, a little snapshot of where you're at. And yeah, playing live is the real deal. And yeah, I mean, there's probably something to be said for that. I think, you know, Pearl Jam always kind of appreciates the, the art of the album, you know, a lot more than a lot of the bands from, from that generation, you know, the nineties and kind of the early two thousands did. And it's kind of a lost art, like the album, you know, we always, they always joked about, Oh, you know, cassette tapes are going to kill albums and Napster is going to kill the album, but Spotify kind of really did kill it. You know, it's, it's a rare thing nowadays for, for people to sit down and like listen to a whole album front to back. And yeah, it's kind of a lost art. And I think Pearl Jam, they, you, you look at Gigaton, like that's, that's definitely not something that was made, you know, in mind for, you know, three singles and a bunch of filler, you know, they really work on making that a cohesive piece of art front to back with like the cover art and the, the inserts that they really, they, they take a lot of time working on those booklets that come with it. There's all kinds of cool art and there's they, all kinds of the other stuff that went along with Gigaton, like the internet stuff that was going on, like, yeah, I think they I think a lot of bands do, but I think they they kind of give it equal weight. They they want to make they want to make good quality records and good quality art. So, and then and then use that as kind of a stepping stone to play live and and get in front of a crowd and and connect with people. Yeah, there's something really to be said for album tracks where it's like, okay, we know this isn't a hit. It's not a single, but it it's it fits in with an album and it's kind of an overall part of the overall statement yeah. we're trying to make and and you know a lot of music nowadays is just sort of like okay we put it on an album so that we have something to put on something to put on spotify something to put online but it's got it's got to all be hits and they got to all be singles so you know one month we're focusing on this song you know the yeah these three songs are going to have eight million plays each but these other eight are, are going to have like ten thousand you know it yeah, does, yeah. Does, doesn't matter yeah i mean and and again the Pearl Jam's deep cuts are some of their best songs. Like think and think of all the songs that they've left off these albums. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get to Lost Dogs here, you know, later this year, and there's gonna be so many amazing songs to talk about that never even made it to them. Like Footsteps was never even recorded in a studio. You know, that's insane to me. Yeah, you get your sweet Lou and oh wait, that's... hey, don't be shit talking <laughs> sweet Lou on over here. To, <laughs> you're you, you're talking to the wrong person if you're gonna shit talk sweet Lou. Oh no, it's it, no, it's 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 Jeff wackiness. It's uh, that baseline's killer, man. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming on, John. Thanks for uh, talking to me so I can get this song. Well, my my pleasure, Brandon. Thanks for having me. As always, we'll do it again sometime. Oh yeah, we got we 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 got a list. We we got a we're working through it. <laughs> <laughs> Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to sell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send me insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest John and as always, this is Brandon saying, 
Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. 